welcome to The Parent Pod, a happy place to find out all about pregnancy and the start of parenthood from the information-packed babycentre.co.uk. Hello, I'm Lucy. And I'm Claire. And we're here with a podcast for every week of your pregnancy, full of really useful takeaway information, candid admissions from our own experiences, having both had two children, and top advice from experts. We won't leave you holding the baby either. This podcast series takes you right up to when your new baby is 12 weeks old. Claire, we've reached the halfway mark. It feels like a bit of a landmark, doesn't it? Yep, there's lots going on around now. So put your feet up and let's have a brew. Because today we're looking at being 20 weeks pregnant. What's happening for baby? Before you ask Claire, let me jump straight in. At 20 weeks, your baby's the size of a banana. Wow, she is really growing, isn't she? Yeah. Tell me she isn't the shape of a banana, though. (laughs) No, but from head to toe or crown to heel, she measures around 25 centimetres and weighs about 300 grams. Don't we normally measure crown to rump? I just got used to that phrase. Up until now, that's how we've been measuring her. But from this point on, the measurement will be from the crown of your baby's head to their heel. Ah, great. Okay. So at your anomaly scan, which is around the 20-week mark, the sonographer will measure the baby's head circumference. Yeah, they do this now because it can be difficult to measure your baby's length accurately when she's all curled up. Okay. And so what else is going on? Okay, this week, a whitish fatty substance called Vernix begins to coat your baby. It will help to protect her skin while she's swimming around in amniotic fluid, as well as easing your baby's birth by acting as a lubricant. Oh, that's magic, isn't it? And of course, you're halfway to your due date. Time flies. Yeah, and your baby's becoming more active every day. Even if you're still waiting to feel that first exciting kickoff flutter, your baby's busy flexing and stretching. She's probably sucking her thumbs or fingers too. Oh, amazing to think all that's going on inside. I know, fascinating. What's happening for you? Okay, Lucy, we've got a growing baby. What's going on for mums this week? Well, if you're feeling out of breath after going up just a short flight of stairs, then you're not the only one. Yes, I remember starting to get a bit breathless around now. Breathlessness is normal during pregnancy. It happens because your rib cage moves outwards to give you greater lung capacity and your body processes oxygen and carbon dioxide more efficiently. This means that each breath you take is deeper than it was before you became pregnant. It's this that makes you feel breathless. As your womb continues to expand, it will start to push against your lungs, which can make your symptoms worse. Oh, we love to bring you good news, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. Anything we should be worried about? You shouldn't need treatment for breathlessness as it's just part of how pregnancy changes your body. However, if you also feel faint or have heart palpitations, speak to your GP or midwife for advice. Oh, yes. Okay, so going back to the 20-week scan, which is sometimes called the anomaly scan, as we said, we mentioned about checking the head circumference. What else are they checking for? Well, the purpose of the scan is to check your baby's growing and developing as expected. Okay, yeah. So the sonographer will measure your baby and check her organs are working well. They'll look for signs of congenital conditions such as cleft lip or heart problems. And this one is far more detailed, isn't it? I was blown away by how much I could see on the screen. Oh, yeah. It's a lot longer, isn't it? The 20 week scan. Do you remember that? And it's quite amazing because you get to see so much more of your baby. I remember the sonographer pointing out their face and limbs and even the heart on the screen. I remember her kind of pointing out the four chambers. Wow. Yeah, it's just it was just amazing to see. Also, it's worth mentioning, Claire, that you might need to pay for a scan picture if you want one. So take a few coins along. Nothing for free here. (laughs) No. (laughs) Parking and scan pictures. Okay, 
I know a big thing for lots of parents is finding out the gender. If you'd like to know whether you're having a boy or a girl, your stenographer may be able to tell you at the end of your appointment. Here to tell us more is Baby Centre's stenographer, Becky. The anomaly scan is carried out on the top of your tummy, transabdominally. During this scan, we're looking at the baby in a lot more detail than at the dating scan. So the sonographer is going to be examining the baby's organs and taking lots of measurements to ensure that the baby's growing appropriately for the stage of the pregnancy. So the things that we specifically look at, we're looking at the head and the brain. We're looking at the face, trying to identify a cleft lip. We also look at the spine the abdominal wall and we have a really close look at the heart and the major veins and arteries that carry blood to and from the heart. We look at the stomach, the kidneys, the arms and the legs and we also check the placenta, the cord and we have a look at the amniotic fluid. The sonographer is going to measure the baby in three different ways during um, the scan. So we measure the baby's head circumference the circumference of the abdomen and the thigh bone. And these three measurements we put together to give us a picture of how the baby's growing. If the sonographer discovers any problems or any complications of the pregnancy, they will make sure that they keep you informed and tell you straight away. Sometimes the sonographer may need to seek a second opinion from a colleague. And if a problem is identified, referral to a fetal medicine expert usually is carried out within three to five days where you're going to be really well supported and informed if there are any complications. The anomaly scan is primarily for checking the development of the baby and checking that baby is growing well. And I know that people are always really keen when they come in for the anomaly scan for the sonographer to reveal the gender of the baby. But that's not the primary focus of this scan. Sometimes as well, the baby is just not in a great position for the sonographer to be able to see the gender. And some trusts don't even allow sonographers to reveal this. But if we can see and it's appropriate for us to reveal it where we work, then we're always happy to let you know if you're having a boy or a girl. It always feels like such a responsibility for a sonographer to make sure that we're getting the gender correct and we are human and sometimes we make mistakes but it's definitely easier to tell if you're having a boy because there are obvious bits that we can see and sometimes you may have one partner wants to know the other one doesn't want to know and that can be really difficult. Often I've had uh, ladies who've asked me to write the gender down and pop it in an envelope and they can open this with their partner at a later stage or if they're having a gender reveal party, which is very common these days. But most of the time, a sonographer is not going to give an answer whether it's a boy or a girl unless they're pretty sure they know. Most trusts now will allow you to purchase a picture from your scan, but it's always wise to check before you go and let the sonographer know that you do want to buy a picture and how many you want. Sometimes the image isn't great because of the position of the baby or if you have a raised BMI, sometimes that can affect the quality of the image. But sonographers are always going to do their best to make sure that you've got something to take home with you. And I think the prices range from three to five pounds per picture at the moment. We've mentioned finding out whether you are having a boy or a girl, which leads nicely into what we're asking this week. You'd think we'd almost planned it that way, Claire. You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> I know. This week, our too embarrassed to ask question is, I know I shouldn't say this, but I really want a girl. Should we find out the gender? Oh, this is a biggie, this one, isn't it? Finding oh, out the gender. It is. I think that some hospitals you can't find out, but assuming you can, do you find out or keep it as a surprise? 
I did want a girl first time around, I confess, and I was really pleased when the sonographer confirmed we were expecting a daughter. I remember saying, but how sure are you? Like, how sure? And I remember she said 80%. I've also got a friend and she really wanted a boy and she was told she was expecting a girl and she was absolutely gutted. So... It swings around about, <laughs> it isn't is, it? Yeah. yeah. It's worth saying that gender disappointment can be a very real thing for some parents, can't it? Yeah, some people find it really difficult, don't they? If they were hoping for one gender and then they find out they're having another. If you're struggling, then it might help to check out the gender disappointment group in the Baby Centre community. It's worth joining there. Yeah, and I didn't find out what I was having either time. With my first baby, I didn't mind what I had. And with my second, I was secretly hoping for a girl as I had a son already. But I didn't find out as I knew once the baby was here, then I was going to love it either way. Yeah. And when I had given birth with my second, my husband looked up and was like, you're going to be very pleased about this. Um, And I had convinced myself that I'd seen a willy on the scan. So (laughs) yeah, it was a complete surprise. (laughs) I know someone who kept the first one as a surprise, but then with her second, she found out. And then again with her third, I think it wasn't so much about wanting a boy or girl, actually. I think she just bonded better knowing what she was going to have. I can kind of see the reason. Yeah. I remember speaking to somebody in a well-known department store and they were saying they'd sometimes have really stressed out looking dads returning a load of newborn (laughs) stuff brought for a boy because the scan had got it wrong. (laughs) What a nightmare. Yeah. That's probably rare though, isn't it? I think it is. I reckon with this one, there's no right or wrong, is there? It was whatever feels right for you finding out the gender. Exactly. What do you expect this week? Okay, let's get practical. Lucy, what's on our to-do list this week? Well, by now, you should have a Map B1 form from your midwife. You may have already told your boss if you're working, so you can attend antenatal appointments. But if you haven't, you need this form and you have to give it to your employer so you're entitled to maternity benefits. If you haven't told your employer, it can be a bit scary, can't it? Yeah, if you feel worried, then it might be a plan to gem up on work and pregnancy before your chat, just so you know where you stand. That's a really good idea. Yes, I think mums often feel quite vulnerable at this time. Yeah, it's important to remember you you do have rights as a pregnant woman and also as a returning mum. So look into what you're entitled to before you talk to your boss. Okay, and you're entitled to a year off work, 90% of your pay for six weeks and then statutory pay for up to 39 weeks, aren't you? Yeah, it can be complicated. If you're self-employed, you can apply for maternity allowance, not maternity pay. And some employers will give you more than the statutory, but on the condition that you'll return to work for a certain period of time. It's best to check the guidance on Baby Centre and also your employer's policies around maternity leave, pay and also what happens when you return to work. Are you entitled to leave work earlier if you're expecting twins? Yes, because you're probably going to give birth earlier. So that's why you need a bit more time. (laughs) Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So how did you tell your boss, Lucy? Uh, Well, my original plan was to wait until I'd hit the 12 week mark. Yeah. um, Once I'd had my scan and I knew it was all okay. But I actually ended up telling them uh, about seven weeks just because I'd had such bad morning sickness. So to be honest, I just needed to say that I felt so dreadful. So you just couldn't hide it, yeah. No. I know someone who worked in a department where no one had been pregnant for years, and then three women got pregnant within a few weeks. Oh, my There was a lot of talk about there being something in the water. <laughs> oh, Claire, also, it's worth mentioning here that dads can take shared parental leave, so the mum-to-be can share her maternity leave during the baby's first year, or the first year you welcome your child if you're adopting. Oh, fabulous. And dads-to-be or partners in a same-sex relationship who are having a baby or adopting a child have rights for time off work and pay. So read the information to see what you're entitled to. Yeah, basically check up on this stuff, read the information online. 
So that's all for this episode. Please remember that the podcast don't replace medical advice and you should always speak to your own doctor or midwife if you have any concerns. We hope you stay well, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time for 21 weeks. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to The Parent Pod. If you'd like more expert advice and information, chat to others at your stage of pregnancy or get emails tailored to you and your baby. Download the Baby Centre app now or visit babycentre.co.uk. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Baby Centre UK. All the info we cover in each episode is linked in our show notes. If you loved our podcast and found it useful, please rate and review The Parent Pod wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to share it with your partner and friends.